Over the next seven minutes or so, we'll look back at a week that saw strike action continue as the government at least began negotiations with unions, fierce fighting in Ukraine around the town of Solidar, a Cornwall space fail, and Joe Biden in trouble over classified documents. Grab a cup of something, pop on the toaster, and get up to speed on the week in seven minutes or so. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7. Don't forget to hit the follow button to get your daily updates at 7am. It was another week of strike action, as the government at least began pay talks but failed to reach any agreement. With the NHS under huge pressure, Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer was on the attack at Prime Minister's Question Time. Mr Speaker, when I clap nurses, I meant it. His response to the greatest crisis in the history of the NHS is to threaten to sack our nurses. Firing back in the Commons, Sunak accused Starmer of having his priorities all wrong. When it comes to the NHS, it's crystal clear. The Conservatives on the side of patients, Labour on the side of their union paymasters. And in a week where military personnel have been seen driving ambulances as walkouts by 25,000 health workers, including paramedics and call handlers, continued, Welsh Ambulance Trust Chief Executive Jason Killins told Sky News workers are torn on whether to take action or not. The choices that our staff are taking are very difficult for them. They are deeply conflicted. The dispute with government clearly arises as a result of one overpay, but also the workplace experience for our staff. Meanwhile, union leader says solution to the dispute that's disrupted the railways is no closer to being resolved. Among those giving evidence to MPs on the Transport Select Committee was Mick Lynch from the RMT. And the whole thing has been completely stage managed leading up to one of these sessions with the trade unions. So it's a deliberate torpedoing of the talks which could have developed. Even when ministers met with health, rail and civil service unions to resolve issues on pay conditions and jobs, things didn't go well. And PCS Union General Secretary Mark Savotka was clearly not impressed by what the government had to offer. I'm sad to say the meeting was a complete farce. Um, what we got this morning was a meeting with the minister, and yet what he told us today is there is no money on the table. The government is not considering alleviating this crisis by any means now. The government has finally come up with a great way to resolve the strike action that's been paralysing the country. They've decided to ban it altogether. Well, not entirely, but the new bill would enforce minimum service levels for the public sector during industrial action. It means some public sector workers would be required to work during a strike. It's led to unions slamming the anti-strike legislation and threatening legal action. But Business Secretary Grant Shapps is standing firm with the plan and presented it in the House of Commons on Tuesday. This is a common sense approach and we're not the first to follow it. The legislation will bring us in line with modern European countries like France and Spain. And unlike other countries, we are not proposing banning those strikes. But we do need to know that unions will be held to account. Labour Deputy Leader Angela Rayner was having none of it. She hit back at Shaps and criticised the bill. He's sacking nurses, Bill. An outright attack on the fundamental freedom of British working people. Russia's war in Ukraine continued this week with fierce fighting around the town of Solidar in the Donetsk region. Two British aid workers went missing this week, Andrew Bagshaw and Chris Parry, with Russia's Wagner Group reporting they found a body late on Thursday. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky spoke via Zoom at the Golden Globe ceremony on Tuesday after an introduction from actor and activist Sean Penn. Zelensky says the tide is turning. There will be no third world war. 
it is not a trilogy. Ukraine will stop the Russian aggression on our land. We will make it together with a whole free world. Meanwhile, Russian President Vladimir Putin's made another change of leadership, firing the so-called General Armageddon Sergei Sorovkin, who was appointed in October and has been responsible for the attacks on Ukrainian infrastructure. The new chief will be Valery Gerasimov, and President Putin was busy reassuring Russians that reinforcements are on the way. We will increase our defense capabilities. No doubt, we will solve all problems related to providing armed forces and the units involved in the special military operation. But the deputy head of the main operational department of Ukraine's army, Alexei Horovmov, says it's a sign things aren't going well. Since the first days of war, we observed that with some frequency, there were changes in the leadership of the armed forces of the occupying country. If everything was fine for them, they wouldn't need to change leadership so often. And there's no good news for Putin on the horizon, according to Robin Niblett, the former director of Chatham House. This kind of manoeuvring, I think, is a lot more dangerous for Putin. But at the moment, this is, you know, an intro. <laughs> this is a preface to what is going to be a very risky spring and summer for Putin. In the United States, someone's been caught with classified documents, and for once, it's not Donald Trump. President Joe Biden stored classified documents from the Obama era when he was vice president at a Washington office. They were discovered in November and turned over to the National Archives. But now more have been uncovered in his garage in Wilmington, Delaware, as US Attorney General John Lausch has been investigating. Joe seemed pretty calm about it. I take classified documents and classified material seriously. And we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. And by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But with a major investigation going into Donald Trump's classified collection, Attorney General Merrick Garland really didn't have a choice about what to do next. Based on Mr. Lausch's initial investigation, I concluded that under the special counsel regulations, it was in the public interest to appoint the special counsel. Still to come on the Standout 7, there's a space fail in Cornwall and the big winners at the Golden Globes. Right after this... Welcome back. Three, two, one. We had liftoff, but that was about it. The first ever satellite mission launched from UK soil has failed spectacularly. The Virgin Orbit jumbo jet was carrying a rocket out of Newquay in Cornwall to release it high over the Atlantic Ocean. But soon after launch, the company said the rocket had suffered an anomaly. The satellites it was carrying couldn't be released and were lost. It had been tipped to be a major milestone for UK space, so Melissa Thorpe from Spaceport Cornwall was understandably disappointed. Absolutely devastated. I, you know, we put our heart and soul into this and it's such a personal journey for me as well. And my family were here. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty rough, but I feel okay. I feel okay. And I think it'll just be a few days of just kind of letting it sink in a little bit. Tuesday night saw the return of the Golden Globes Awards in Los Angeles. After two years of controversy which saw criticism over ethical lapses and lack of diversity in the awards and the judges, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association was back with a reboot of the glamorous event. The 80th ceremony did see a more diverse set of winners with Zendaya for her role in the second season of Euphoria, Abbott Elementary's Quinta Brunson and Kay Hugh Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once. And Wakanda Forever's Angela Bassett became the first person to win a major individual acting award for a Marvel movie. But the big winners on the night were Steven Spiel Spielberg, who took Best Director and Best Film Award for his semi-autobiographical film The Fablemans, and the Banshees of Inner Sheeran, who took home Best Film, Musical or Comedy. But the award for Best Speech of the Night has to go to Jennifer Coolidge, who made White Lotus director Mike White cry. And here she is. I just want you all to know that 
I had such big dreams and expectations as a younger person, but what happened was they, you know, they get sort of fizzled by life or whatever. And, and you know, I thought I was going to be queen of Monaco, even though someone else did it. But, I, you know, I had these giant ideas. Mike White, you have given me hope for, just you've given me a new beginning. Even this is the end, because you did kill me off, but it doesn't matter, because even if this is the end, you sort of changed my life in a million different ways. And my neighbors are speaking to me, things like that. And, The man described as the greatest guitarist of all time, Jeff Beck, has sadly died. He played with the Yardbirds and then the Jeff Beck Group and famously had his fingers and thumb insured for £7 million. His agent said he contracted bacterial meningitis and died suddenly on Tuesday, age 78. Tributes flooded in from across the music world from names like Mick Jagger, Rod Stewart, Jimmy Page and Johnny Marr. Here he is performing with Stevie Wonder at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rest in peace, Jeff. The best of the week from the Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow, 7am, with the Sunday 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris.